Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast with your hosts, Tony Castlenova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com and Parkhopper John from WDWParkhoppers.com. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times and get ready for the Disney Parks Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Disney Parks Podcast. I have with me a Disney historian, and I would say a Disney blogger legend, Bill Adonisi, and he had the opportunity to talk to none other than Don Iwerks, who is the son of Ub Iwerks. You can go Google that and figure that out. But uh, it's a book all about Ub Iwerks. And the name of the book is uh, Walt Disney's Ultimate Inventor, The Genius of Ub Iwerks. Uh, so he's going to talk to us about uh, his interview with Don, his son. And if you've been listening to the show, we've been trying to get Leslie, who did the Imagineering story on the show. Uh, we're still working on that. Uh, so it would be great if we could. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Bill about Don, but then also then talk about Leslie, about her experience with Disney. And we'll have like two generations of iWorks uh you know, cataloged on the show, as we say. So, Bill, tell us, uh, start us off, tell us uh, maybe about a little bit about you. All right, first of all, thank you for the accolades you gave me. That's very nice. <laughs> all right, I've been a Disney uh, lover and historian since, uh, since I was a kid, probably. And uh, I've been actually writing for the Mickey News for the last 15 years, covering Disney press events, right. uh, writing articles, feature, everything. Right. And I, got, I was contacted a couple of weeks ago by Rick Rhodes, who was... Uh, the publicist for Don Iwerks. Right. Now, if any Disney file knows who Ub is, but there's many, many out there that don't even know who Don Iwerks is or Ub Iwerks. Right. Ub Iwerks happens to be one of the most important people, I believe, ever to be associated with Walt Disney, especially yeah. in the early years. Right. And Ub was, um, he was one of those type of people who could just look at something, mm -hmm. see what's wrong with it, fix it. He right. Was, he was actually a genius in his own right. Yeah. And he had no college education. Sure. So if you want, we can uh, go a little bit about who Ub is, and we can yeah. talk about his son. Right. All right. Actually, uh, it started out, well, uh, uh, Ub's father uh, was, um, was born in Germany. And uh, when he was around 20, he moved down here to the United States, okay? Uh, his father was an inventor also. So it kind of runs in a family. His, right. his father invented all kinds of uh, things for phonographs, uh, different type of fabrication. So he was pretty good that way. And Ub, as a little kid, obviously picked up that. And that's where he, he gained sure. his interest and gleaned his knowledge for this type of thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> Ub's father left the family after he got married. This was his uh, third marriage. Wow. All right. His third marriage. And uh, he actually uh, left his uh, Ub when he was about 12, 13 years old. And he right. had to quit school. He always wanted to go to school mm -hmm. uh, to further his education. But because his father quit. Right. He had to end up supporting his mother. Right. And this left, believe it or not, a scar on Ub. He wouldn't believe it. his whole life he never spoke about his father. Really? Okay. Wow. So what happened was, at the time, he was 19 years old when he ended up going to Kansas City. He got a job, <coughs> excuse me, at the um, the, the Pisman Rubin Commercial Art Studio in Kansas City. Okay. A few months later, Walt was there, and they ended up becoming fast friends. Ooh. 
And at the time, you have to remember at, the t- at this time and then, cartoons or animation was its infancy. In fact, the only one that really made any inroads at the time was uh, Windsor McKay, who yeah. made Gertie the Dinosaur. In fact, if you look at the studios, you'll see Gertie the Dinosaur, the ice cream. Yeah. That's that's the accolades to him. Who made, right. Actually, he was one of the very first, and it wasn't Walt who gave a cartoon character a personality, so to speak. Yeah. People could relate to him. He did it in vaudeville. Right. But that's uh, that's for another uh, show. Another podcast. Yes, another podcast. <laughs> Anyhow, so Walt and um, uh, um, got to be very good friends. Now, Walt was a good drawer. Mm-hmm. Walt was, you know, he he could draw, but Ub was fascinating. He was an amazing right. draftsman. He could draw five, six, seven hundred uh, pictures a day. Wow! And if you know the animation, it takes around twenty four pictures a second to make right. uh, twenty four pictures to make one second of animation. Yeah. Right. So you have to understand to make a seven minute short yeah. or, or cartoon, you're talking about forty thousand pictures sometimes. Right. And he was known as the fastest pencil uh, pencil in the business. Yeah. So anyways, at the at the yeah, at the commercial arts studio, they became friends, they worked on a lot of projects together, and they ended up getting laid off. Sure. So since Walt didn't have a mother to support like he did, and he had to get a job, uh, they ended up couldn't find a job, so they ended up uh, creating their own little business called the iWorks Disney Commercial Artist Studio. Ooh. But that quickly failed. They, they uh, had no money. They didn't really do anything. Yeah. Okay? So what happened was they ended up getting jobs at the Kansas City Slide Company, and that was later renamed to the Kansas City Film Ad Company. Okay. This is where they both actually got the chance to look and see the art of animation, how, anima- how cartoons were drawn. Right. Very crudely, very positive. They used to take cutouts yeah. of a cartoon character and mm-hmm. take a picture of it, move it very slightly, take another picture, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Kind of like that stop motion and action exactly, that we, exactly claymation, that exactly. stuff that we do stop today. Stop motion. Yeah. And well, anyways, both of them together, they ended up embracing this and they ate it up. They ate it up. Right. They ended up even borrowing a camera and trying to improve their technique. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, after a while... They decided to make a cartoon reel to show huh. their improvements. They actually right, made right. a little cartoon reel. What they did was they they brought it to the Newman Theater in downtown Kansas City. Newman Theater was a chain of theaters. Right. I can't remember exactly how many theaters they had. Yeah. But they it, they showed it at the Newman's Theater. It was very successful, actually. Uh-huh. And Newman ordered more films from the film ad company where they worked. Right. Okay. And these little snippets or little cartoons or little shorts were very short in nature, but all, you know, silent, of course. They showed local politics, current events, and everything else going on. Right, right. Okay? But, and they ended up calling them Newman's Laughograms. Huh. Newman's Laughograms. Right. And what happened was Walt wanted to advance, wanted to go different. He right. wanted to do more things. So he wanted to do... Yeah, he anim- kind of had the vision. Yes. And... and- Ub had the talent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Walt was the the, the creative not, thinker. The creative thinker or Ub was the the, the actual doer. Hands on yeah. doer. He made Walt's dreams come true. Yeah. Because right. he was an amazing he was an amazing uh artist. He was yeah. an amazing animator. And he got right. better and better every day he went. All right. So he wanted to do fairy tales, animated fairy tales. Mm-hmm. But the film ad wasn't interested in this at all. Right. So Walt said he quit. I'm going to start my own company called the Laughogram Studios. Hmm. So he left the collaboration with Walt. Right. And started his own little 
No, no, Walt, Walt quit. Oh. Walt quit the film air because the okay. film air didn't want to do these animated fairy tales. Okay. Like the uh, one of the early ones of the music. So they kind of separate ways for a little right. while. They, he, yeah. the, he quit. He he quit the uh, film ad company. Okay, to to create the uh, company, the Laughograms. Right, but Albert stayed on because he had to support his mom. Okay, and he ended up seeing what Walt was doing. He quit the junk. He actually quit to join Walt in his little his his idea fright company because he believed that something can come out of it. Right. So, at the time, the biggest cartoons in the, in the era were Coco the Clown from uh, Max Fleischer's Out of the Inkwell. Okay. As kids, you might have seen it, a hand come into a inkwell and start drawing yeah, a character. Right. right. That Coco the Clown was actually one of the Fleischer brothers dressed up as a clown. Hmm. They would photograph him and put him in a, as a cartoon character into a real world. Huh. Right. What Walt wanted to do was he wanted to take a real girl, a mm-hmm. real person, and put him into a cartoon world, reverse right. the process. Right. That's where we got the Alice. Exactly. That's where that's where the um Alice's Wonderland, which yeah. was a which is the first Virginia Davis starred in it, mm-hmm. a little girl that he knew that had done a commercial already. Right. He got the parents to let her do that. And he did what the a reel called Alice's Wonderland. Right. All right. And the Laughogram studio over the time produced seven fables. Tommy Tucker's Tooth, a lost film called Martha. They never found prints of it anymore. Right. And Alice's Wonderland. Hmm. So what happened was Walt wanted to go big, and he sure. ended up contacting a woman named Margaret Winkler. She was a film producer. Oh, boy. Now, the film producers at the time, you have to see, we're all, all in New York. Yeah. This was not like it, California. Yeah, it wasn't Hollywood quite no, yet. Uh, Hollywood wasn't the big place to yeah. go for this. Yeah. And uh, Margaret Winkler, at the time... She was she was uh, uh, taking care of Felix the Cat by Pat Sullivan, mm-hmm. and she's also doing the uh, Fleischer Brothers out of the Inkwell series, which right. were two of the major uh, big time cartoons at the time. Right. But at the time, also she was having little um, social problems with the the Fleischer Brothers. Yeah. Contractual yeah. problems. Was, was she also doing uh, Felix the Cat? Yes. No. Yeah. She did Felix the Cat. That's Pat yeah. Sullivan. Okay. And. Pat had a little problem with drinking. Oh, boy. A lot of times, they couldn't get a lot of things going. <laughs> right. But she was interested in this new series. She liked the idea. Yep. But unfortunately, Walt's company went bankrupt. Right. Ub had to quit, and he returned to the film and company because he had to support his mother. This is where the famous story comes where Walt, uh, Roy called Walt from California. He says, listen, right. get out of Kansas City, make a new start in yeah. California. He was recovering from tuberculosis at yeah. the time. Right. So with $40 in his pocket, that's what he did. He finally... Went over to California. He tried many different venues. Where right. He decided he finally saved enough money. He had a copy of Alice's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. He mails it to, uh, to Winkler. Mm-hmm. She approved the order. She okay. liked it. She liked what she saw. Right. And she ordered six of them. Wow. Now, when she ordered those six, that was on a, <clears throat> excuse me, October the 16th, 1923. Right. That was considered the start of the Disney Brothers Studios. Yeah, wow. That's when Walt... Uh, uh, Walt, Roy, and yeah. the, the Walt lawyer, yeah. they got together, they signed a contract with mm-hmm. her, and that's considered the start of the Disney Brothers Studios. Yeah. All right? So she contracted for six of the of, uh, of the Alice comedies, okay. and if they continued on, six more. Right. Okay? The problem was Walt had no studio, yeah. no staff, and this is why this book is so important, because here's where OI Works comes in. Okay. He had no staff, no studio. All they was working out of the back of a, uh, uh, of, a of his father's uh, garage. Yeah. He con he, he got Walt to quit the job. Yeah. Take his mom 
and joined. He offered him $40 a week. Wow. Ub took the idea. Hmm. So now Walt first animated some of the first series of uh, the Alice comedies by himself. They were crudely done. Yeah. Walt knew at best as an as a animator who's pedestrian at best. He was okay. Right. He was not as fast. He wasn't yeah. as clean cut. He didn't have the, the crispness. Yeah. So when Walt came, or when Ub came, mm-hmm. that's when things changed. Because right. now, faster faster production, quality right. production, okay? Right. So what happened was, uh, let me see what happened. Later on, she gets married. Okay. Uh, Winkler. Winkler gets married mm-hmm. to Charles Mintz, who was a producer, a very right. hard-nosed producer. Yeah. And at the time... The Alice series started to wane. People got us a little interested. He, at the time, you have to understand, Winkler worked, <coughs> excuse me, for Paramount. Okay. All right. Uh, Universal Pictures, I'm sorry. And he wanted a new series, something right. more exciting. So, obviously, Walt knew. he. See, a lot of people misunderstood this, that Walt was devastated when they took Oswald from him. Mm. But Walt knew that. Walt yeah. knew that he, Universal owned yeah, that he didn't property. own the rights. He didn't own yeah. the rights. Yeah. He, but, but, I would think somebody of that caliber knew what he was signing when he right. signed it. But see, he Walt, just wanted to get the work done to right. get his name out there so but that he can move see, the Walt business a, forward. See, what, Walt, see, what uh, I think what bothered Walt more than anything was mm. He was a kind of guy, you make a handshake, you stick to your bargain. Sure. He was kind of devastated by the, he didn't realize what was a neophyte. He didn't realize how ruthless the business could be. Yeah. I mean, it was all dollars and cents. So what happened was Charlie Mintz took over the, the business from Margaret Winkler. She ended up having a baby and he took over the business. So what happened was he wanted a new character. They went over and mm-hmm. and they decided to create a series called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Right. And if it wasn't for Walt or Ub uh, producing the, uh, the 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 basic character, yeah, they would never would have had this, right? Because Ub was the Ub was the driving force behind all this. Yeah. Now it's kind of funny I said this because during my interview with uh, Don, mm. who was a inventor in his own right, sure, I asked Don. I said, you know, if it wasn't for, um, you know, your dad, right, the Disney Studio, no way would have been the way it is today, or. Maybe not even been as far of uh, uh, the Disney Studios. Yeah. And he said, oh, I don't really agree with you. I said, why do you say this? Well, you have to understand, when Ub, Ub left the company in 1930, and the reason being, okay. Walt was kind of a micromanager. He was a very hard man to work mm. with. Uh, Walt was not a man to give much accolades to anybody, even yeah. during the later years. Yeah. But, it does, but the point was... He was constantly changing timing sheets on UB. And mm. this was going on and on and on. And mm. in 1930, him and his good friend, Carl Stalling, the organist from Kansas City, oh, yeah. said, you know, we just don't want to do this. And they quit. And that's where UB left the company for 10 years until he returned in 1940. Wow. But the point why I said that, I, I, the reason I tried to bring that up to um, Don is this. Mm. Yes, the company did pretty well after after uh, your father left. Right. But the point is, if it wasn't for uh, being there to perfect Mickey, yeah. to perfect the yeah. Silly Symphonies, to right. perfect Oswald. Right. I'm sure they had developed a process and a procedure right. now. And his procedures, his yeah. his uh, his speed with the drawing, yeah. his techniques. Right. Even though you hired what you, I don't think the company ever would have 
if it wasn't there yeah. to de- develop yeah. these things. And he was probably also mentoring the other people oh, that yeah. were Oh, no, yeah. People, there. in fact, yeah. uh, there was a... there was Because uh, he wasn't you know, the only one working for Disney at the time. Oh, no, no. He had... Yeah. Uh, let's see, they had uh, Rudy Insling. They yeah. had some of the, 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 the pioneers. Right. And... Um, yeah. But... The, the point is with this book here, with this interview, and this is very important. Right. That so uh, let me ask you this. So uh, do we know like how Ub got into drawing over, say, being like a, a straight out inventor or medalist or, you know, doing something like his father did? How did he kind of push that to the back and then drawing came to well, the forefront? Do we know? Ub always, always liked to draw. Always yeah. was a good artist. Yeah. But his love eventually was... Uh, fabrication, yeah. uh, inventing things. Yeah. He would like okay. to look at something. He made, even when they started doing the Alice comedies, mm. uh, they had a bar. Remember I told you they borrowed that camera from the, yeah. the company? Right. And uh, he developed a little motor to mm-hmm. run the camera mm-hmm. so the film would advance so nobody would touch it. Yeah. It would be smoother. And that's just the beginning of all the yeah. different advances that, right. um, that he made. Right. So... Again, this book is important because without UB, there would, I don't think there would have been a Disney company. Yeah. Again, this is my opinion. Sure. But in fact, one of the things that's most important is like this book covers a lot of things that you could never find that are written. That are, well, everything written about Walt Disney's, it's been documented how many times over and over. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, all written. You know Jim Corcus, yeah. great Disney historian, mm-hmm. one of the most brilliant historians I know of Disney. Yeah. I mean, he knows more about Disney, I think, than Walt himself. Right. And a lot of times when we meet up, we talk about that. Yeah. He, one of the things he really relents is losing this untold uh, history, mm-hmm. things that were spoken between two men that were never documented. Right. This is the history of the Disney company. Yeah. Like, when, when I was a kid, one of the things I used to enjoy more, I used to like to look at stories that my mother would tell me, my father would tell me about how they grew up. Right. And yeah, I, sure. I wish I had a tape recorder to record sure. all that. Yeah. Well, this is basically the same thing. Here we're talking about the son of Ub Iwerks. Yeah. And he's 91 today, I believe. He was born in 19... <coughs> excuse me. He was born in 1929 in Los Angeles. Yeah. So... He's probably still sharp as a tack. Oh, he, he's an amazing man. He was such a gentleman. To talk to talk to uh, yeah. our, uh, Don, mm-hmm. it was what an honor. I, yeah. To sit here and talk, it's like listening to a ghost from the past. Sure. Talking about his dad. Yeah. The things he did, how he right. worked with Walt. Right. And um, So when uh, Ub was working uh, for Disney, how old was Don at the time? Well, uh, Don, uh, he was born 1929, so mm. he was probably... Uh, a year and a half old, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's probably a year and a half old yeah, when I started yeah. working with him. Okay. And, you know, when I asked him, he says, uh, you know, did you ever talk much about your father when you were a kid about yeah. how he, he used to work? Well, he said, no. He used to say his father was a very, very private man. Mm. He never really got into it. Yeah. But uh, he didn't start talking about Walt and him until right. the, in 1950s when he started actually, when yeah. Don mm-hmm. started to work for the company. Sure. Okay. And, and Don... Joined the Disney company, believe it or not, in 19. Listen, if my father was up iWorks, I probably would have gone to school every day and told every damn kid. (laughs) (laughs) My father works for the Disney company. But you know what? He was very proud of his father. Yeah. 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 And and one of the, actually, one of the questions I was very concerned about, Walt was a workaholic. You know, it it took tooth and nail to drag him out of the studio. He lived in the studio. 
And they actually had to get him to take a hobby. He was so stressed. So I even asked him. I said, I even asked uh, Don, so how about your dad? Was your dad a workaholic also? Or did he, his father, Ub, had a, ma- a myriad of hobbies. He was archer, bowler. He was really? loved sailing. Wow. Uh, he was a man of all different things, and he enjoyed himself. Yeah. In fact, he told me his father finally bowled a 300 game. Wow. And he ended up never bowling against him. Well, there's nothing more to conquer in this sport. I've done that. Yeah. Let's move on. He's, yeah. He was a he was a fantastic. Yeah. My, eyes, my eyes came over was two thirty. Yeah, yeah. It has the three people pushing the ball. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, or the guy's knocking him down. <laughs> but but this book here, first of all, the book itself is just an amazing book. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna There's do, a lot of great pictures. And, we're, what uh, we're going to do with this images. book is later on this month, I'll have the the book report, the review done. Yeah, and we're going to do a podcast on that to talk right. more about the book. But what I wanted to do is talk a lot about Don himself. Yeah. All right. Don, like his father, mm-hmm. never went to school. Okay, college. Never get to college. Yeah. And what happened was when he started to work for the Disney Company in 1950, he worked for a little little bit of time in the machine shop as a technician because he used to love machinery. Yeah. His okay. hobby, his hobby, uh, Don's hobby was the biggest hobby was photography, like his father. Really. And his father bought him cameras, taught him mm-hmm. how to work the dark room. Taught that him how seems to, to be a common thread with uh, a lot of the creative people that we've spoken to. Yes. I know like Bob Gard takes over 10,000 pictures a year still. Right. Yeah, they have, a lot of them just love, a lot of them enjoyed photography, you know, even myself. Mm. I mean, if my wife knew what I paid for that camera. <laughs> but so what happens when he joined, he joined the machine shop because he used to love the machine shop. Mm. Okay, he was a, actually, he was very, very versed in machine shop, the techniques. But he ended up getting drafted for the Korean War. Uh, okay. he, worked, he went to the Korean War for a while. He came back. In 1954, he ended up working as a camera technician for the film 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. Ooh. All right? Which was, I don't know if anybody remembers, Kirk Douglas, uh, yeah. you know, Peter Lorre. Right. Then he spent the next theater years. He was he did driving film innovation for the Disney company. One of his most notable contributions, again, this is Don, just like his dad. Yeah. He could look at something and just... And just like see the way to fix it or, sure. or do a lot of fabrication, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he included the first 350, 360-degree uh, film techniques, a 360-degree camera, and for the first Circle Vision 360-degree uh, film, America the Beautiful. Hmm. Now, it was Don who's responsible for the Circle Vision camera of uh, 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 projectors. projectors and uh, films you see in Canada right. and China today. Yeah. He, right. de- he developed the process for creating the seamless live action shots with animated backgrounds, okay? Right. And in 1959, uh, 1985, 35 years of Disney, he ended up quitting, you know, retiring, and he formed his own company called the iWorks Entertainment, hmm. and it became the leading developer of special films, venues, and virtual reality theaters, okay? Right. And throughout the world. But here's where, again, the, the sun... Had the same accolades as the father. Right. On March 23rd, 1998, he, at the 70th Academy Awards show, he received an Oscar. He was awarded the Gordon Sayer Award, which hmm. was given each year by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists right. to an individual, and here is quoting from the book, an individual in the motion picture industry whose technological contributions have brought credit to the industry. And on March 21st, 1999, at the 71st Academy Awards, he had an Oscar for Scientific and Technical Achievement, which was presented to the iWorks Entertainment 
for an innovation called the iWorks 8070 Linear Loop Projection System. Wow. So Don, in his own right, is an amazing inventor like his dad. His, huh. his father, his father, uh, again, here's another little bit of information. Disney did not invent the multiplane camera. Hmm. The multiplane camera for Disney, he actually the multiplane camera was developed in crude forms other people. Sure. Uh, uh, several years, but Ub Iwerks developed a horizontal mm-hmm. multiplane camera for the first successful one. He used right. it for Flip the Frog and the Willy Wamper series okay. when, he, when he left Disney and created his own cartoon studio. Right. Disney developed a multiplane camera which was a vertical one. And they mm. used it in, and of course, they used it in uh, Snow White. They used it in uh, the old mill. Yeah. The, 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 these are all with Step. the multi-camera where yeah. you can actually give a perception of depth and yeah. movement and everything else. So right. it was an amazing, amazing uh, uh, addition to the film industry. Yeah. But it was uh, Iwerks who perfected the, the the horizontal one. Yeah. So it was actually before Walt did. Yeah. If you get a chance, they still have that original at the uh, archives. Yes, they do. Actually, yeah. actually, what happened was, at the time... Don was advising Diane Disney Miller, who was creating at the time, developing the family museum, the Disney Family Museum in, in San Francisco. And one of the things that she wanted, or he suggested, was the multiplane camera. The only they had two of them were in the parks. One was in pieces. So sure. she, he suggested to her, now how do you do it? Try to get the try to get whoever has the pieces, get it, get it donated, whatever, and we'll get it together and put it together for you. And that's what they did. Okay. And now that. That multiplane camera is now in the museum. Oh, cool. Because the multiplane camera is an extremely uh, uh, big advancement yeah. at the time. It's important to the Disney company. Exactly. Any yeah. company, because they did, this is before digital computer generated right. uh, thing to actually give depth. Now, if, yeah. you look at, if you look at the old mill, it gives you depth. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. He developed, Ub also developed different color processes where a three color film strip process. Hmm. Uh, he developed so many things. It's it's going to actually would be beyond the scope of this interview. Yeah, to say everything he did, but but suffice it to say, Walt was uh, Ub was a genius. Yeah, and he actually got an an, an, anonymy, uh, an Academy Award nomination for mm-hmm. his work on. I don't know if anybody ever noticed it, but if you ever watch Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, right, most of that. The way the birds were portrayed was because his innovations, and he mm. got an Academy Award nomination for that. Wow. And if you look at the credits, you'll see Ub Iwerks, special wow. photographic processes. Huh. So Ub was um, between uh, Don and Ub. Do do they? They must have some kind of patents. Do they have any patents? Do you, you know? know? That's funny. I, uh, you know, I have to be honest. With you, I don't know because yeah, okay. during well, the interview, that out. we had a long interview. I never, yeah. I never, I never thought about asking that. Yeah. I mean, because if I they were both him. inventors and tinkerers and creating, you know, 360 projectors and stuff like that, they must have patents. <laughs> I hope they patent some of this so they're collecting hey, some know, money. Actually, that's, a, that's a good question. I never gave that a thought. Yeah. I may uh, maybe to, I'll I may do a patent call, search I, later. I, I may have to call uh, uh, Don back and ask about that. Yeah. Never, I never gave the answer to that question. But the whole interview with him was just, for me, uh, to sit there and talk to a man mm. who's a son of Don Iwerk. Uh, uh, I mean, of uh, I uh, works. You got to yeah. understand. You read about this. Yeah. You read about how we started. Mickey, sure. how we drew. And there's another thing that, and one thing about 
the interview was. He, I mean, you've seen him even in you know some historical things like well, the, the Disney, uh, or the, what was it, the American Experience, right, right, PBS and things like that. But you know what a lot of people don't You realize? don't see him doing a lot of talking, but you see him doing a yeah, lot of working. Exactly. <laughs> well, here, here, one thing about this book and the interview cleared up a lot of misconceptions. Mm. You see, when when Carl Stolen of Iwerks left in 1930, right. because of Disney, you know, they had a cultural differences, and they just, mm. they just they said that's enough. So, again, when he left, he ended up going, Pat Powers got him a studio, his own studio. Right. And that's where he developed Flip the Frog cartoon. And he had no trouble, actually, at the time. Oh, Iwerks is a very well-known animator, very mm. well-respected. He had no trouble getting a huge uh, crew. But after 10 years, Will, uh, Willie Whopper was about a kid who told a lot of lies. Mm. Uh, now Willie Wonka. Flip the Frog. Yeah, Whopper. Yeah. <laughs> Flip the Frog, which was beautifully right. done. I mean, in fact, they're still in the archive, but it just never did get the prominence that Mickey had. Yeah. And after a while, the Ub realized this is not what I want, and he just closed the studio. At the time, he decided, you know, I would love to go back with Walt one day. Right. So he ended up getting having lunch, and with uh, who was that animator? I can't remember offhand. I can't remember the animator here, but he had a. Lunch with this animator. I can't remember his name offhand. Okay. And he said to him, why don't you talk to Walt about it? Maybe we can talk and yeah. see what he says. Right. So they ended up, Walt and Ub met for lunch. Congenial. Okay. Walt was, Walt and Ub always were friends. They were good friends on the day he passed away. Both of them, they were, they were just excellent friends together. Walt said, you know what? I would love to have you back. But you're not, instead of being in animation, I want you to take care of processes. Hmm. You have full reign to do what you do to, to make things better. Wow. And one of the things that this book and the interview clears up, a lot yes. of Mr. Procession, many people said, well, when Walt, when Up came back, Walt was cold to him, didn't didn't care to have him back. And, and Don says quite the opposite. They were very warm, very cordial. They always respect each other. There was a love between them. That you just couldn't put your finger on, right? And another thing, a lot of a lot of a lot of misconceptions too. Like everybody knows the story about how a Walt, when uh, when actually when here's part of the story you got to tell for you to understand this. When Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was doing well, but at the time Mintz wasn't paying mm. Walt the money, right. and it cost a lot of money to make this. So him and him and uh, Lillian went out to Cal uh, went to Florida. Uh, yeah, hello. Went to <laughs> New York right. to uh, try to negotiate a deal, get more money. Yeah. And at the time, Mintz said his brother-in-law, George Winkler, out to California yeah. and hired all of Walt's animators away. The only ones who didn't go, of course, was of Iwerks. Yeah. And what happened was that was pretty damn mean. It was, it was mean. That's what. That's why Walt yeah. was devastated. He always vowed after that meeting with Mintz. He says, "Either you work for me, we own the we own Oswald, or yeah. you're out." Right. He said he he told him in so many words, "You could put Oswald where the sun don't shine." Yeah. And he, when he vowed, "I will never ever ever do anything that I don't own mm. the full value of it." Sure. So, right. Sure. So every so the story goes that on the way back on the train he drew Mickey Mouse and that's a, that's yeah that's not true. That's a myth. 
That's that's total myth, and this is yeah. what this interview and the book brings out. Yeah. So when they got back to California, of course, him, his wife, uh, his wife, they got together and they had to decide we need a character now, and that's when they right. decided on a mouse. Yeah, because the cat was already done. Right. Uh, that's how they came up with the you know, was story, done. Right? and the story where yeah. uh, you call him Mortimer yeah. Lillian didn't like it. That's true. Yeah, they ended up making Mickey, but right. if it wasn't for Ub. Can you imagine if it was still Mortimer? Hey, oh, Mortimer. Yeah. But you know what? They had a Mortimer. Uh, they had a couple of, I think That'd they had a Mortimer crazy. Mouse. A yeah. Mortimer Mouse was Mickey's rival of one yeah. of the cartoons. Can't remember offhand what that yeah, was. And I think Minnie had a different name uh, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think you're right. I can't remember what it was yeah. offhand. Gertrude, was Guinevere, it was something weird. Might have been, but if yeah. I could tell you right now. So again, if it wasn't for um, Ub developing... The actual physical form of Mickey. Yeah. Walt knew he was, again, Walt knew he wasn't a good artist. Yeah. I mean, he was an artist, per se, not like, not like Ub was. Ub was right. quick. Ub was fast. And after he developed Mickey, here's the important part where, where if it wasn't for Ub, I don't know where the company would have been after he left in 30. Mm. Because prior to 1930, you had Oswald. Yeah. You had the Alice comedies. Mm-hmm. And you had Mickey. Right. After he lost Oswald the Walking Rabbit. And Mickey was what put the company on the, on the, on the charts, actually. Yeah. But if it wasn't for what of the developed Mickey the way he was, and of course, Walt gave him his personality. Sure. But you have to understand the first, the first, um, playing crazy. Yeah. Was a silent. Mm. And it was done because at the time, 1920s, when, when, uh, Lindbergh flew across the ocean. Yeah. Right. That's how they, they got the theme out of that. But, he literally animated Playing Crazy by himself, literally by himself. Mm. You're talking around, I have 600, 650, 700 drawings a day. Wow. And the animation was beautiful. Yeah. He also animated the Galloping Gaucho, and he also animated Steamboat Willie. Right. So if you want to take into context, those three films are, are cartoons yeah. were what put the, the company on the map. Sure. Carl Stalling. His friend and organist from Kansas City was the one who suggested to Walt, why don't you have a series of cartoons without no central character? Right. Your your artist could work on something without a central character. Right. And instead of having the cartoon mm-hmm. move uh, the, the the music go to the move to the cartoon, mm-hmm. have the cartoon move to the music score. Sure. And that's how they came up with uh the Silly Sympathy series, which yeah. was which which has some of the most uh groundbreaking um yeah. You know, groundbreaking uh, films come out or or animation films come out of it. And one of the thing, one of the films was the first one in the series was called The Skeleton Dance. Mm -hmm. Of of they say that his animation of the skeletons is still today considered one of the best. Yeah. So his animation abilities was what for me put the company on the map. Yeah. And that's what I when I asked Don about that, he he said he didn't agree. But then again, mm. that, you know, I personally think that whether his dad, Walt Disney Company would not be what it is today because I don't think it would have got off the ground yeah. without that. They, after 1930, they did fine. Right. But that's because the, the, the groundwork was already set by, uh, before he left. Right. But if he uh, was not there and Walt had to do this on his own or have any less of a talented animator mm. than Walt work, I don't think it would have, would have been the way it is today. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's probably true. But I mean, 
Walt gave it the personality once he started doing exactly. the voice, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, Mickey. But uh, the animation-wise, I mean, uh, Up gave him, you know, life. You know, yeah. he gave it, uh, you know, Minnie the uh, Mickey the feeling. You know, we well, did. He gave his personality. Mickey. I mean, Steve O. Willie really—you can see Mickey's personality. Right. You know, and it was, and, and it's amazing how quickly it developed. But what, yeah. but if people notice how Mickey changed out today, is because yeah, as 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 time went on, sure, Mickey had this brash, mm. go get him attitude. Yeah. he was actually it was because Mickey came out right in during the Depression, the Great Depression. Right, that's what helped Mickey be this character he was, how he came out, because yeah. people looked at him, people during the Depression blamed big business and the banks for their, their problems. Right. Mickey right. came out, and they looked at him as, as a hero, yeah. fighting fighting the big corporation, mm-hmm. saving many all the time. But as time went on, Walt wanted to keep him brass, and, and it actually, he started, he actually smoked in a galloping gaucho. Oh, wow. But now they would never have that, okay? So... As Mickey no. went on, yeah. As Mickey, as Mickey went on, uh, Walt had a hard time writing scripts for him and his aunt because people would come and well, Mickey would never say that. Mickey yeah. would never do that. So he ended up over the years just giving a, a corporate symbol. Yeah. Whereas Donald right. Duck, because of his attitude, they didn't care. Right. He wasn't Mickey. Yeah. So, but again, going back to Ub now, real quick. You got to remember, Ub, Ub Iwerks, he won two Academy Awards hmm. for the improvement of the optical printer and perfecting the traveling matte composite. Hmm. The optical printer was where you can literally intertwine two live action and cartoons together. That's why hmm. uh, the, the uh, 101 Dalmatians work so well. Right. That's why uh, uh, if you see, if you saw, um, of course, Mary Poppins. Yeah. How Dick Van Dyke danced with the penguins. Right. All that intertwined was because of these inventions and processes that uh, uh, invented. Wow. Yeah. So, again, I believe this book is so important because this yeah. brings out exactly how important Ub was. So again, any anybody who's a Disney Disney. Um, File uh, Disney a Disney lover will know right. who Ub is, yeah. and even myself, as much as I loved about Ub and thought I knew about him, this book, which we'll be uh, reporting on in a week or so, yeah, brings out things I never knew. Sure, the book has amazing pictures, yeah. all personal pictures of Don Iwerks. Wow, never before seen pictures. Wow, that's great. And the people who get the book, and it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful yeah. book. Well illustrated, yeah. nice hardbound. Forwarded by forwarded by Leonard Martin, yeah, the the the, uh, the the movie critic. Yeah, so it's a book that every. He's now a book critic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a book that every every Disney file should have on his bookshelf. Yeah, it's do really we know uh, what Don did for uh, Disney in his thirty five year career? I know he created some of the technologies and things. Um, he was just. Was he just a machinist, or? Well, no, he he, he was he worked in a machine shop, yes, a lot. Yeah, and again, when he after thirty five years, he ended. He left the Disney yeah. card. He got his own company. Yeah, but he was basically behind the scenes. Right, like I even asked him. I said, you know, he said, "Oh, I'm nowhere near the man my father was," but he was quite an inventor and a quite a uh, innovator in his in his own right. Right. Uh, so he was there for thirty five years, and in the process, helped. Develop all different processes. Helped his father work. He worked with his father sometimes. Yeah, and it was just a. It was just a. 
a teamwork, father and son. Yeah. And I can't think of a better way to honor his father. And one of the things Don said was, I just want to make sure nobody forgets everything my father contributed to the company. And it's true. His What his father did for the company and and for the film industry itself, yeah. it was really amazing. I yeah. mean, and, so yeah. iWorks Entertainment, it says here, it specializes in high-tech entertainment systems, films, right. film technologies, film-based software, simulation hardware systems, and services. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, the, so that's the, pretty I, technical stuff. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But again, he it, it was is it was because of his company. You have these many big yeah. virtual reality theaters with the huge screens, right? The IMAX screens. Right. Those old processes helped Don Iwerks right. helped invent. Right. So it was like runs in a family. Yeah. Where Ub's father was an inventor in his own yeah. right. He invented different things for, uh, for yeah. the phone. And now Leslie's a film now director. Leslie, now his, she's doing film right, stuff. Right. His granddaughter. Yeah. His granddaughter did the hand behind the mouse, the Ub yeah. Iwerks story. Yeah. In 19, I think I believe it was 1999. Yeah, she also did the Pixar story. And she did the six-hour Pixar story yep. about the uh, about the um, about uh, Imagineers. Yeah, yeah. And that's an amazing thing. So, and I even asked him about that. I even asked Don, I says, well, when she did, when when your daughter, Leslie, was doing uh, the hand behind the mouse, mm. obviously, she must have hit you up for a lot of information. Yeah. She says, no, I never really interfered with her much. I only gave her whatever she asked for. Yeah. And I tried not to interfere. This was my daughter's project. Right. And that just shows you what a humble guy he was. He wasn't yeah. looking for, uh, yeah. I, I, just like his father. He never right. looked for any kind of recognition. He never was out there bragging. Mm. And I even asked him that one question. I said, you know, was there any resentment between your father mm. And Walt, because mm. your father really never gave your dad credit for Mickey Mouse, mm. creating Mickey Mouse. Walt Literally. never gave. Uh, right. Yeah. And Walt never right. gave a lot of that to many people. Yeah. And this was throughout Walt's uh, lifetime. I mean, I mean, Richard Sherman tells the story of he, they got nothing. Exactly. Until exactly. the one day it wasn't that Walt, Walt walked re- down the hallway and unfortunately he was dying. Yeah. And said, you know. Well, it wasn't that Walt wasn't words. appreciative. It wasn't that Walt, yeah. Walt knew that his in order for yeah. his dreams to come true, he had to surround himself with people that were much better skilled yeah. than he was. Yeah. He knew, I, again, he knew he was not a very good artist. Yeah. So in order for him to get his dreams out, he had to surround himself, hire people who were much better than him. Right. right? I, I've heard of two stories that uh, <clears throat> Walt had a way, you know, he was, think of him as like a casting director. You know, he knew how to put the right people in the right place. And he had a habit of putting people on a project that would create conflict so that they would have this. Con- ideas. Yeah, uh, right. So that they would come to some better solution. If this mm-hmm. he knew this guy had this idea and this guy had this idea. Well, let's put them together and see what they come up with together. What was an amazing yeah. matter? He was again, he was a very, very hard man to work for. Right. I mean, one of the things that let. Uh, Diane Disney regretted a lot was yeah. a lot of people always put her father on a pedestal whenever mm. people wrote about him. Yeah. And she complained about it because she says, well, my father was a man. Mm. He got in his pants one leg at a time. Right. He had the same foils, the same yeah. likes and dislikes. And right. Don't put him on a pedestal. Tell the story of Walt the man, not yeah. Walt the God. Right. And that's why I believe yeah. that she really enjoyed Jim Corcus's work because mm. Jim Corcus again you know you know Jim right amazing amazing Disney he would tell the story about Walt mm. as Walt right he never 
made excuses for this, you know, he, he said how Walt was. And one of the things, again, getting back to the question I asked Don, I says, did your father ever resent Walt for never giving a lot of credit for Mickey Mouse? Mm. And Walt, and Don said that my father told me that it, it's, it's not the creation mm-hmm. that you care about. It's what you do with the creation. And he, he gave mm. Walt all the credit in the world for what he did with Mickey Mouse to make him the star that he was. Right. So that's the kind of humble man that Don, that Walt, yeah. uh, that uh, Eli Works was. Yeah. He wasn't out there to look for um, credits and credits glory. or accolades. Right. He was there to do a job. Yeah. His greatest, according to Don, his greatest pleasure mm. was when Walt gave him a project, his greatest pleasure was finishing the project and have Walt being happy about it. Yeah. They gave him a lot of pleasure. So right. again, this book is just a book that you has to be on your bookshelf if you have any kind of interest, even as even a passing interest of Walt Disney, how sure. the company became. Yeah. This is the this is the really the book you want. Yeah. And if you want, I can tell you that you can get the book on Amazon. Yep. Yep. You go to uh, Amazon.com, obviously. And you but. can go you can contact Disney Editions at nine seven eight one Four eight four four seven, and on ebooks at nine seven eight one three six eight zero three one four two. Yeah, what uh, what was one thing, uh, Bill, that you found interesting uh, about Don? Besides the fact that he was a ninety one year old, he was Disney legend that still sharp as attack. He was a man exactly. <laughs> he was sharp as attack. He was. Deliberate, he was measured. Yeah, he's a wonderful man to talk to, very, very mm. knowledgeable. Right, he spoke in a nice, clear tone, and he's he seemed to really you could you could tell by talking to him mm. how much respect he had for his father yeah. and for what his father did for the company. Yeah, and it, it, it was just a pleasure to talk to him because you're talking about a piece of history. Yeah, again, you're talking about a man who knew of, of course, intimately because he was his son, sure, but he grew up with. Uh, from the beginning, almost from right. nineteen well, since he was a child, yeah, till he passed away. Yeah, I would have uh, liked to know if he ever took a spin on uh, Walter Railroad <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> That's a good question. I never gave him the answer. Probably as a kid, I bet he did. He might have. He might have. I bet he you did. Know, uh, of Iworks, again, he was something a I would have uh, would have loved to and have if done. Anybody goes. <laughs> anybody goes downtown on on, on Main Street USA. Look up in the window on the yeah. right side. You'll see Donna works, uh, i works. They get their own window yep. and both are Disney legends. Right. So that says a lot about the family. Yeah. And uh, again, the book is a great book to have. Yep. I mean, I would recommend to anybody who's interested in anything about Walt Disney Company, even if you're not a fan, right. to see just how, what this one man did for the company yeah. and how he progressed over the years and added more, uh, um, Processes for the film industry. He's an amazing person. Right. Uh, so uh, to wrap up, uh, Bill's going to come back and he's going to give us a review of the, the book. book. Uh, but if you're looking for the book right now, it is uh, Walt Disney's Ultimate Inventor, The Genius of Why Works. You can get it on Amazon, but you can get it in any bookstore, according to my search. Barnes and Noble and everybody else has got it's it. It's a beautiful hardbound. Yeah. Obviously, you'll probably book. get it cheaper at Amazon. <laughs> and you can also add that majority of the illustrations in yeah. the book are actually drawn by Don himself. Oh, wow. For processes that they don't want to have pictures of, but that's how he sees that. 
as, as uh, pictures of what the unit would look like. Yeah. But you don't have a picture of it. Sure. So a lot of these illustrations are his own because Don himself was a draftsman. Right. He, he was almost everything his father was, if not more. Yeah. But he gives his father uh, credit for everything. Yeah, that's great. It's great. All right. Well, thank you, Bill, uh, for that uh, great chit-chat about Don and uh, kind of a little sneak peek at the book. Uh, and then we'll have you back and we'll uh, talk about the book uh, ad nauseum. The whole information of everything that's in the book and just what you can look forward to when you right. get this book. Right. So, again, thank you for having me on. Yeah. All right. So, besides my website, Disney by the Numbers, where else can people find you on the Internet? All right. I write for you. Yeah. I write for Park Mickey Hoppers, News. Mickey News, Park Hoppers. I write for the Magic and the Pixels, Magic and Pixels, Tim Devine, and I think that's it. And that's it. The okay. four of them, right. right? I used to write for another site, but uh, mm-hmm. we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> but everything, everything out there, uh, all the information I write for is all Disney related. I yep. don't, I don't do opinion type. Articles. Yeah, he's like, not going to tell you uh, how to take your kids through uh, Disney World. I'm not going to tell you also to what one of the, the ten best places to eat yeah. at Disney snack or the ten, because, ten best snacks or anything like that. That's every that's everybody's opinion. But I do write on historical items. Yeah. I do write on. Bill likes the facts and only the facts. The, exactly the facts. I love writing about the attractions, yeah. the origin. Right. That's what fascinates me. Right, so right. if you like anything like that, that's what I write about. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Bill, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you back here shortly, and uh, we'll talk about the book. Tony, thanks again for having me. Okay, thanks. The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney Parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. (laughs) 